Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live at our 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m. services, or connect with us on Facebook. It is so good to see you here. Welcome to Faith Assembly. Thanks for joining us. If you're ready for the Word today, if you have your Bibles or your device of choice, would you stand with me today as we get into God's Word? In Numbers chapter 13 is where we're going to take a look as we continue our new year, uh, the, the series for this new year. As we've kicked it off called Radiate, and our desire is that we would expand from here and beyond, that we would grow not only in our knowledge of God, but in the purpose that God has called us to. One of the things that you'll hear here at Faith Assembly is that we want to be a place where we are reaching people to reach their purpose. How many know God has designed us with purpose, that when we put our hope and our trust in God, that he allows us to fulfill the purpose that he has for our life. And so we're looking this new year and uh, kicking this off with just uh, this idea of radiate, to move from where we are to make progress. How many like progress? How many like jobs accomplished? How many like to see, how many of you are are, are list makers like me and you make a list, not because you just need to know what to do, but you just enjoy the pleasure of crossing it off the list. How many know what I'm talking about? Just the the idea of making progress, of advancing in our lives, that we would advance and make progress in the purpose that God has called us to. And uh, this is our desire that we would make progress. Looking in Numbers chapter 13 is uh, where we're going to take a look today. And starting with verse 16, as we pick this up, here is, uh, is Moses leading the people out of, out of Egypt, and they've now come past the Red Sea, and they've traveled almost two years now, have come to this point in time. God has led them out of slavery. He's leading them to the promised land, the place where they were enslaved, and now he's leading them to the place of promise, the purpose that he has, what he ordained for them, what he had called them to, and in the process, they come to this point, Kadesh, and here's where we pick it up as they are in in front of the place of entering into what God has for them. This is what happens. Here's what it says in verse 16. Here are the names of the men Moses sent out to explore the land. The names are listed right above there. Verse 17, Moses gave these men instructions as he sent them out to explore the land. Go north through the Negev into the hill country. See what the land is like and find out whether the people living there are strong or weak, few or many. See what kind of land they live in. See what kind of land it is, if it is good or bad. Do their towns have walls or are they unprotected like open camps? Is the soil fertile or poor? Are there many trees? Do your best to bring back samples of the crops you see. It happened to be the season for harvesting the first ripe grapes. How many know God knows what time he's sending and what he's doing? I believe today in this year that this is a year of harvest, that this is a year for us to walk in the manifestation, the purpose that God has for us. Anyone agree with that this morning, that this is a year to walk into the promise that God has for our lives? So they went up and they explored the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob, near Labamath. And if you don't know the words, you just make them up and everybody goes along with you. Going north, they passed through the Negev and arrived at Hebron, where Aham, Sheshaiah, and Tama, and all the descendants of Anak lived. These ancient town of Hebron was founded seven years before the Egyptian city of Zoan. When they came to the valley of Eshkel, They cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large that it took two men, two of them, to carry it on a pole between them. 
They also brought back samples of the pomegranates and figs. That place was called the Valley of Eshkel, which means cluster, because of the cluster of grapes that the Israelite men had cut down there. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you today that you are moving in our lives, and I pray that your work would be accomplished in us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. On your way to being seated, you may have missed somebody. You didn't get a chance to greet someone. Tell them today, today's my moving day. Today's my moving day. Just tell them. You don't have to give them the new address. Just tell them today's my moving day. Making progress. You may be seated. I want to share just for these moments today and this title, Moving On. Making progress that we would move on in the purpose that God would have for us. This past Wednesday was a, uh, a mile marker for Jody and I in our life journey. Uh, this past Wednesday, our oldest, Jaron, turned 18 years old. It was a big deal for us. We're excited. In fact, uh, Wednesday night, just uh, after 10 o'clock, which marked the, the actual hour that Jaron was born 18 years ago, uh, with excitement, Jody did a jig down the hall and said, one down, two to go. One down. <laughs> And two to go. I stopped her for a moment and said, wait, what about the dog? She said, well, the dog's going with one of them. So I joined with her, one down and two to go. You might think, well, what kind of compassion is that? And, and realizing, yeah, better believe it, that when it comes time for them to leave and transition, I'm going to cry when they leave. But I would cry a lot harder if they never left. I'm going to cry in the moment of transition that when it's time for that to occur, there's, a, there's without a doubt, there's going to be a transition and a crying. But here's the reality. The reason they were brought into our lives were so that we could help them progress in life. If we only create a place for them to stay in the home, how many know we've not done our job effectively? There's moments in life that it's time to progress. I, I love my children. I want them to be in that place. But there's a time that we need to, to grow and develop. And here's the reality of our lives in the same. That God has designed us that we would grow in relationship with him. And grow in progress for the purpose that he has for us. You see, I, I know what it would be like that we could love the fact to have them there forever. But the longer it stays, the more likely it is for the dreams and opportunities to dissipate. That the longer you remain in one place, you soon expire in your potential rather than exploring and reaching what God has for you. The longer we stay in a place of complacency, allowing apathy, of just remaining where we've been. Israel had come to this point in time as they've traveled and for 400 years they were slaves in the land of Egypt. But God had already given them a promise long before that moment and told Abraham before they even arrived in Egypt that dark days will come to our people, to the people of God, but that God will provide, that he'll bring them out. He even tells them that 400 years they'll be in slavery, but God will bring them out of slavery. Here is Moses as he has led the people out of slavery. They've now come into the wilderness as they're transitioning to the promised land that God has for them. After traveling the, the, the experiences that they, that they had, they of course left Egypt and there were miracles that occurred. God called plagues and, and it was a miraculous work that God did for Pharaoh to let his people, let God's people go. If only Pharaoh would have done it on the first day, but God said, no, his heart was hardened, that God was going to show his power and his might, that God worked in 10 plagues and led to the place that finally on the 10th one with the loss of the oldest son, 
Pharaoh's oldest son and all the, the, the elder uh, children in, in, the, in the community and in that region all had died except for the Israelites who had placed the, the, over the doorpost, had placed the blood of the lamb. And this miracle that occurred, God was preparing and letting them know that I will always be with you and walk with you and provide for you. Twenty-some days later, they end up at the Red Sea. And while they're at the Red Sea, not, not sure what to do, but in the midst of another point of difficulty, just 20 days after leaving the place of slavery, as he's coming along and as they came, come to this place, that the Red Sea, now they are trapped between their destiny and their past. But God in his miracle shows up and sends, sends the, the wind of his spirit that, that moves the waters. And the Bible says that they literally walked up across the sea on dry ground. That God had made a way for them, the miracles. And now, just, to, just months and over a, a year or so, they've now traveled in this wilderness and they've come to this place of transition. They've spent the 400 years in Egypt in slavery, and now they're in transition, and they come to this point that God says, go in and take the land. Go in and take the land. You see, this was God's idea from the very beginning, that this point of transition that they had arrived to, the place that God had provided for them for this entire time, that God had a place prepared, and it was time for them to experience the promise that God had for them. He told them to go and take possession of the promise. But instead of taking possession of the promise, someone in there, the group of them, got the whole idea that instead of experiencing the promise that God has for us, they said this, let's not experience it right away. Let's explore it first. You see, I know that we could read here that the Bible says that God told them to go and explore the land, but them exploring the land was not God's idea. It was God giving permission to what was their idea to begin with. Listen to what the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 1. This is Moses recalling the events, and he's talking about what has occurred from the time of, of Egypt and how they had transitioned. And here's Moses retelling the story in Deuteronomy chapter 1. Moses says this, I said to you, to the people of Israel, he said, I said to you, you have now reached the hill country of the Amorites, and the, and the, the Lord, the God, is giving you. Look, he has placed the land in front of you. Go and occupy it as the Lord the God of your ancestors has promised you, don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. But you all came to me and said, first, let's send out scouts to explore the land for us. They will advise us on the best route to take and which towns we should enter. I want to know today, listen, that there are times where God has said it's time to experience what I have for you. But somewhere along the way, instead of picking up the promise and walking into what God has for us, we decide that we would rather explore it first. Notice here they say that they will advise us. They will advise us. I want you to catch this. Isn't it pretty interesting that God says it's time to take possession of the land. Go and take the land. And they say, let's send someone to explore it first so that they can advise us. What they're saying is, God, your advice might not be enough, so we need a backup to make sure we have a plan for this. It was their way of saying, God, we're not sure that we can trust you wholeheartedly. We've got to come up with a plan to make sure that we know what it is that we're accomplishing. God tells us to experience the promise, but sometimes we decide to explore the plan. And in the process, some have, have expired in their potential. This is the sum of what I want to say to us this morning. 
that God has a promise in your life, that God has a promise what he wants to accomplish in your life, in your marriage, in your home, in your future, in your family, in your workplace, in this county, in the places that we are in. God has a promise for us, and sometimes we have drug our feet instead of experiencing what God has for us. We've spent more time exploring, and the longer we explore, we end up staying at a place where we just expire in the potential. Rather than walking into the promises and experiencing what God has for us, we we tend to stop and remove the opportunity and just go back to wandering a little longer in the desert. I'm gonna ask you this morning, are you making progress or are you just circling the same place as you've been before? Are you making progress in the purpose and in what it is that God is wanting to accomplish in our life? He He approved their request when they said that they wanted to spy out the land and it was God's approval. It was God's approval for them to go and he commissioned a group of spies to go and explore the land. And exploring the land is okay if our purpose in exploring it is to to validate God's promises. But sometimes instead of validating God's promises, we explore the land to see if we can approve with God's plan for what he wants to do in our life. I know this might hit a little sharp today to say that there are times that God wants us to walk in his promises And sometimes instead of picking up the promise and walking in what God has, we tend to explore the land, not out of faith to validate that God's word is true, but out of approval to see whether or not we agree with what God's going to do. Whether or not we approve with how he might accomplish it. How many have had moments in your life where you know God has given you a promise, but in the midst of the promise occurring, his plan didn't always seem to line up with the way you thought it could work or should go? That there's a process of what it is that learning to, to trust God, to take him at his word. But if we stay long enough, we look for the opportunity to advise God. Does God really need us to advise him? He said, let's send out scouts so they can advise us on which route to take. Would it not be enough to say, let's just pick up what the word of God says and let's do what the word of God says because we know that when we step in what God has said, he'll take care of directing our steps. The word of the Lord says that he orders the steps of the righteous. And how many know Abraham was called righteous because of his faith in God? Rather than being people who say, God, we're gonna look for advice and see if we can make this work, being people who say, God, we're gonna step out on your word. We're gonna take your word to heart. We're gonna operate in what your word says because when we apply the word of God in our lives, life, it will go before us. And how many know that the word will not return void? That when we step in what God's word is, that is when the waters part. That's when the miracles happen. That's when God does the supernatural in our lives. May we be people who step in faith to watch God do the supernatural rather than being able to look back and look at the wisdom of what we have done. We will not accomplish great things because we're wise people. We will accomplish great things because we are obedient to the voice of God. That we say and we do what his word says and we allow his word to become final and yes and absolute in our life that according to his word is the movement that we take. It's the work of God that we're allowing him to accomplish what it is he's promised in our life. That his word is enough. That his word is enough. Sometimes when it doesn't happen the way we desire, the way we want, we hang out in the land trying to understand it and make sense Sometimes we've wandered longer than we need to, and all we need to do is pick up the promises and just keep on walking. 
my, I know my, my mother-in-law, she has quite a, a way of saying things. And, and uh, uh, she often says to us, whenever we acknowledge that there's something that we don't like, there's something that, that went wrong or something that we wish was different, my mother-in-law just has a blunt way of addressing that. Well, get over it. You know anybody like that in your life? Sometimes I realize that there's not everything that we can just get over. But I think sometimes we let ourselves wander in places and allow the pain of what we've been through to overwhelm us and not experience the promise of what God wants to bring us into. That we allow the pain of where we've been to overwhelm us and to keep us and we've explored long enough. We become so familiar with our pain, but oh, that we would be familiar with the promises of God, that he is the great I am, that he is the God who does the supernatural. I can't explain how peace works. I just know that when I wait on him and I walk in his presence, he gives me a peace that I cannot understand, a peace that is beyond my ability to comprehend or be able to calculate. He shows up in the midst of my life. I can't tell you how it works. If I could give you a formula, then I could be your God. And too often we're looking for people to stand up here and be our God and lay hands or do things that we need when there is no man that can do what we need in our lives except the presence of God Almighty. He is enough and alone to show up in your dark moments. He'll show up in your hurt and in your pain. He is God alone and God who is able to minister in the place that we're in if we'll stand and take him at his word. Standing on the word, the promises of God. God has put us at a place, it's time to move in. It's time to move on. It's time to move into what it is that God has, has brought before us. In Jesus' name, I pray today that some of you will come to this altar today and leave some pain that you've been going through and allow God to allow you to move on. Not to act like nothing ever happened, but to know that whatever happened is nothing compared to what God wants to do in your life. To know that this momentary, this momentary disappointment, this momentary struggle is just for a season and for a time that God in his faithfulness is able to cause this to work for a far greater glory in your life. That we let the work of God be accomplished and we say God will take you at your word. I don't know about you, but sometimes depression needs to be kicked not when everything goes right and feels right, but whenever I take, God, take God's word and say, God, I'm going to live and act not according to how I feel and not wait for the sun to shine in my life. I'm going to move and step upon your word because I know that you are the sun, that your light is always shining, that I'm going to move not because I feel good. And too often what we do is we wait for circumstances to change before we step into what God has for us. That is not faith. Faith does not work when we wait for circumstances to change and then we step in. But when we take God at his word and begin to operate today and move into what God has for us, that it's time to move in to what God has prepared and what God has planned for your life. Today is the day for moving. It's moving day. It's time in my life to move from where I've been and not wander any longer, but to step into the promises. It's time to allow God's promise to interact in my family, in my home, in the place where I am, for God to bring the change that only he can bring in Jesus' name. It sounds good. It sounds good when the 12 spies went into the land and they scouted out the area. They went along and they saw, they, they saw how the trees were fruitful. They saw that there is indeed milk and honey flowing. They saw that there were samples, the grapes that were so big 
In fact, they bring back samples, and one of the things specifically is that they cut down a cluster of grapes. The Bible says not just a cluster of grapes, but so big that the cluster of grapes required them to carry them on a pole between two people. That's quite a provision and quite a sample of what God has in store. They're literally walking back to the place after 40 days of exploring the land. They've explored the land now. God said, I wanted you to walk into it, but you you negotiated and said, let's explore it. And God said, okay, I permitted you to go and explore the land. They spent 40 days, explored the land, and when they came back, they are carrying grapes like they've never seen before. They're experiencing things that they've never had. They never got those kinds of grapes in the in the slavery you better believe when they're in Egypt they never saw grapes like that they never experienced that kind of thing in slavery they've now been walking in the wilderness how many grapes do you think they came along in the wilderness how much fruit do you think they found in the wilderness they're now at a place that they're experiencing the promises of God and something they've never had before and it was time to walk into what God had for them the only problem is 10 of them said wait But the fruit is good. The land is just like God said it would be. It's flowing with milk and honey. You see the fruit. You see everything we have. There is a great thing in front of us, but there are giants in the land, and no one can survive. And the Bible says this, that 10 of them started spreading a bad report. Can I say to you today, some of us are not walking into our promise because our mouth keeps spreading a bad report. Some of us are not experiencing the blessing of our marriage because our mouth keeps talking down the spouse that we're married to. Some of us are spreading a bad report in the places that we are. We're not walking into the provision and the blessing in our workplace because we do too well to spread a bad report and complain. In fact, if you read the rest of the story, the Bible says that they rebelled against God. And guess how they rebelled against God? There was a report that got in their heart. And the moment it got in their heart, it became a song of complaining and saying, woe is me. This isn't right. This isn't fair. I want to say to someone today that when you stop complaining about your circumstances, will be the moment that God says, I want to open your eyes to see more that is inside of you. When we learn to stop the complaining and talking down what it is that God wants to restore and put in our lives, instead of carrying the fruit that God has for us on our shoulders, we've let the fruit spoil because we're complaining over what surrounds us. Ever been, ever, ever been around somebody who complains? Raise your hand if you know somebody who complains. Raise your hand if you've ever complained. Raise your hand if you just complained this week. Raise your hand if you're already thinking right now, there's something I said and I wish I would have. Come on, don't leave me alone here. I love it when I'm reading the scriptures and the Holy Spirit. Just bring this simple truth. You know, I was waiting for a deep nugget to, to come out. You know, I was waiting for something to mine real big as I'm talking and, and praying and planning about getting into the promised land and walking into the greater things that God has for me to see greater things happen in our county, to see greater things in my family, greater things in this church. And I'm believing and I'm walking forward and I'm digging and I'm asking God, God, show us what it is. I believe you're leading us there. And the only thing I felt in my spirit, God said, it's complaining when you stop doing that I can open up the door for you to walk in. I mean, sometimes we forget to allow the practical to be the things that we put in order so God can do the supernatural. It might seem practical and a little too simple that just the way we complain 
I remember when we first came here or came back here to this area in Fayette County. As some of you know, Jody and I grew up in Gettysburg, but this is home. We've, we've had connections here now for 17 years. This has been, been, uh, been our, uh, our family. And I remember coming back here and driving over the summit and recalling the first time in 1999 when I drove over the summit, so intimidated because I had never driven something that steep in my life. Intimidated by that, the, the, the hill and the crest and seeing the city ahead and not ever doing anything like this before. But having a little bit of trepidation of, oh God. Then we come back again and I'd make that same drive, and as I come over that crest, this time I look at it, and this time I'm saying, God, you've called us for Fayette County. You've called us to see this county, one with the love of Jesus Christ. You know what? The Lord spoke to me right away. This is one of the first things that I set, that I set in my heart that we've got to do here. And I remember that summer, my first summer here at Faith Assembly. We preached a message called Love Fayette. And that whole summer, of that whole August of 2011, the whole August we preached about how blessed this place is. How blessed Fayette County is. How wonderful Fayette County is. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit spoke to me. How will you expect God to bless the things that you think aren't, blessed, aren't, aren't worthy or able to be blessed? Don't call this the armpit. Don't call this Fayette whatever you want to. I won't even say it. I won't even put it in there. I'm not even going to speak it. I'm not even going to say that because this is the place that God wants to provide blessing and he wants to work in. And some of you need to apply that in your life. Start speaking blessing over your husband, over your wife. When was the last time you blessed them? When was the last time you said something good? Or is it always the moment you got to nitpick and pull out? You know, you always do that. You know what you do? You know what bothers me? You know what it is? And all you do is layer all the stuff that's wrong and you layer all the stuff that's wrong. How can God bless when you're just in a land of, com- of complaining? And here's what I believe. Because complaining got in their heart, they wandered in the land. They wandered. And literally some of them expired. The Bible said those who were part of that, of that generation died. Why did they walk 40 years? Because 40 years represents a generation and an entire generation that had potential. They could have entered into the land. They could have seen something. They could have experienced something. But they stayed in a land and expired because complaining became a part of what they did. You know what's wrong? You know what's what the issue is? And complaining, what is it that we find ourselves in so many conditions Maybe think about what you're believing God to bless. Maybe this year that God lead my marriage into the promised land. How many know that God has great things in store for your marriage? It's God's idea. He knows how to bless it. He knows how to restore it. He knows how to work in it. So let me ask you, are you blessing it with the fruit of your lips? Are you giving thanks? Are you allowing things to speak the life that God has? What is it that we're setting in motion? It might sound so simple, but I think sometimes we overlook the practical and miss the opportunity for God to do the supernatural. That when we bless those things that are around us, that there is a promise that God has for you. I want you to know today there is a promise. It's time to move on. It's time to move on. Some of you are so hindered by pain. I get it. I get it. But it's time to let the pain go. And even though it might not immediately disappear, It's time to let the pain 
be trumped and covered by the promises of God in your life. You see, because you have some options here today, you can expire, that the promise that God has for you, you can expire in it. And the way you expire is you just, it's, it's, it really is a heart of complaining. It's a heart of speaking against what it is that God wants to accomplish. You can explore it. But too often what we're doing when we're exploring is we're not really walking into what God has for us. We're just contemplating whether or not we think this is going to work in our life. There's some of you here today, you're not expiring, but you're exploring. And that's okay. But too often, the longer you explore, it's not to validate or to prove how good God is or to prove his promises. Too often, we're exploring to see if we can approve of his ways of doing it. How many be real with me this morning and say that's true? Sometimes when I'm in the exploring stage, it's not that I'm validating. I'm not looking to say, wow, look at the grapes, just like God said. Look at the milk and honey, just like God said. Look at the promises of God. Too often, instead of looking at the promises of God to prove how true and faithful he is, I'm working, I'm walking around to see whether or not, ah, do I like this? Does this work for me? Is this what I like? Is this fit my schedule? Is this my style? Is this my way? Does this fit the way I like things? Is this about me? And missing the heart of it. That the promises aren't about you. The promises are about God, his word in our life. And when we walk according to his word, how many know we become the beneficiaries of God's promise? The promises are all about him. But here's the blessing. We become beneficiaries of the promise that he brings about in our lives. That God would accomplish those things. What report are you speaking over your future, over your home? What report are you speaking over this church? What report are you speaking over that boss that you can't stand? That boss that irritates you and bugs you? What report are you speaking? Because how many know it's hard to see God's blessing and what he's working when all we've done is attached all the problems, all the issues, all the burdens, all the struggles. They walk out and they're carrying on their shoulder eshkel, which literally means literally means a cluster and while they're carrying this cluster of grapes Eshkel, they're carrying a cluster of grapes they've got literally I want you to see this they're carrying the promises of God on their shoulder think about this I just explored the land what'd you find I found his promises his promises are true they came walking back carrying the promises of God on their shoulders But instead of carrying God's promises into what God had for them, those grapes spoiled. And those grapes became lost because they said what couldn't work and how it wouldn't be possible. What's interesting to me is that this is the second time Eshkel is mentioned in the Bible. And there's only two stories that it's mentioned in. It's mentioned in this, when they called the valley Eshkel, But it was already received a name prior to that. Because 440 years earlier, Abram, who later gets the name Abraham, is now traveling with his nephew Lot. Lot was the nephew and the next of kin, the heir to everything that Abram had. Abram didn't have a new name yet. He didn't have a son yet, but God gave him a promise. Listen what God said to him in Genesis 13. After they had split up, 
because the land was not enough to hold them. Lot's, Lot's clan had grown too big and Abram's clan had grown too big. There wasn't enough space, so they had to split up. And here's what the Bible says in Genesis 13. After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, look as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west. I am giving all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. And I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. How many know this is God giving his promise to Abraham? His name's not even Abraham yet, but he's speaking a promise in his life. He said more than you can even count. Go and walk through the land in every direction for I am giving it to you. God has given Abram a promise. Now, if you read your Bible, that's in chapter 13. The next the next story is this the next event is this the Bible says about that time some area enemies came along and the Bible says that these enemies came and they attacked Lot in in Sodom that they attacked Lot and they plundered the entire area and they captured Lot and, and took him away now listen at the time Abram has received a promise from God And God says you'll have many descendants. But for Abraham, right now the only descendant he had or the only next of kin he had was Lot. Isn't it interesting that the moment God gives a promise, the enemy comes along and says, I'm going to take it from you. The moment God gives a promise, the enemy comes along and says, I'm going to take it from you. Listen, they'll follow me. The enemy comes along and attacks Lot and takes him as a slave. And listen what the Bible says in the next chapter, Genesis 14. But one of Lot's men escaped and reported everything to Abram the Hebrew, who was living near the oak grove belonging to Mamre, the Amorite. Mamre, which means strong warrior, along with his relatives, listen to his relatives, Eshkel and Aner. They were Abraham's allies. There is not a coincidence here that Eshkel is mentioned at the point right after God gives Abraham his promise and says, I'm going to make you a great nation. You're going to have all the land. And the enemy comes along and says, no, you're not. I'm taking your nephew. I'm taking what is next to you. That you might have the promises of God, but I'm taking what is dear to you. And here Abraham, he goes along and he has allies. I want you to know what allies are. Allies are people who are in agreement. They agree on the same thing. They come alongside. And here now is Mamre, which means strong warrior. Eshkel, which means many and a seed producing many how many know the promises of God are like the seed of grapes that produce many things and then Anner which means this a helper a servant and a helper I want you to know the enemy has come against you and said your marriage will never work you'll never have peace you'll never have joy that God promises in your life and the enemy says it's never going to work but you know what you need to know you're allied with the one who is a strong warrior whose promises are true and who comes along to be our helper in every time of need and when we agree with him, he brings about victory. I want you to see this picture. They're carrying grapes on their shoulders. Are you following me this morning? I hope this is making sense today. I hope this is coming across. I hope this is making sense to you this morning. The promise was attacked, but at the help of Mamre, Eshkel, and Anner, they allied with Abram. And the Bible says, that they rescued Lot. They rescued him. I feel the spirit of the Lord right now. Someone right now is crying out to God for rescue. In the name of Jesus Christ, he's rescuing you. 
He's bringing rescue today to your question. You said, God, are you able to intervene? God, I've been dealing with this. I've been wandering in this desert for so long. Man, there's an anointing in the spirit of the Lord right now that in Jesus' name, he is going to set you free, not by the words of a man, not by the touch of a man, but by the spirit of God. If you open your heart right now to receive the work of God, that he'll set you free. There's pain that you've been circling and you've been walking in a wilderness and in a desert. It's been in a place for such a period of time. But in Jesus' name, today is moving day. Today is moving day. It's time to move in to the promise of what God has for your life. I'm declaring healing. Be set free from the pain. Be set free from the past. Be set free from what has held you down. And they're coming back. They're coming back with eshkel, clusters of grapes on their shoulders. I want you to see this. The Bible says so big that it took a pole with two people on their shoulders. Can I tell you what that picture is? That picture is like a yoke. What's Jesus say in Matthew 11? Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He said, come into agreement with me. Take your promises. My promises on your shoulder. Come into agreement with me. Don't drop the promises. Hold on to the promises of God and walk into the future and the hope that God has for your life in Jesus' name. Come on. If you receive that this morning, just thank God for the peace and for the promises that are yes and amen. His promises are in your life. Don't let them off your shoulder. Don't spread a report of this won't work. No, you pick up the promises and the other person who's on the other side, in fact, make sure that the one who's carrying the promises is Jesus and you're behind him and the other pole with a cluster of grapes that it's got you connected. Jesus is in the front and there's a pole of grapes between you and you've got the other end and you're walking along with him. You're carrying the promises. The work becomes easy when you take his yoke upon you and you hold his promises on your shoulder and you say, God, I'm walking into the land that you've promised me. Yeah, there's John in the land, but I know you're the God who goes before me. You're the God who does miracles, and you're going to see miracles when you step into the promises that God has for your life, and today, it's moving day. Somebody needs to get up and start moving into miracles in your life. Start moving into the promises. Start moving into the hope and the future. What God has promised in your life. You say, well, Jason, I want to believe that, but my husband wants a divorce. I want to believe that, but I got a report of cancer. I want to believe that, but I've got circumstance and situation. I want to believe that, but I've got pain. I've got difficulty. I want to say to you today, the Bible says in Isaiah, but I believe the report of the Lord. Can I tell you what the report of the Lord is? Is that from a stump, there is a shoot and a promised one has come. His name is Jesus Christ. You might say, I've got circumstances, but I want to tell you today, I've got a Christ and a Savior who has made a way in the midst of every place. He makes springs rise up in the desert. I'm saying to you today, church, this is a year of revelation and manifestation. It's time to walk into the miracles, into the promises, into the things that God has had for our lives. Some of you have been circling them literally for 40 years. There's some of you who have known Jesus for 40 years and you've been circling. You've got potential. You've got all kinds of things. Don't circle any longer because you'll just expire in your potential. It's time to experience the promises that God has for your life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I just wanted to say to you today that it's moving day. It's time to quit circling. 
It's time to quit circling the place that we've been. It's time to let our, the fruit of our lips giving thanks instead of the spoils of our lips spreading bad report of what God's able to do. And I'm going to pick up. I'm going to join him. I'm going to come to agreement. you believe that? I'm going to pray. And I know some of you, are, we, we watch the clock. I get it. We're Americans. We're on time for everything that we want to be on time for. And we allow time to pass for everything we think is worthy of time to pass. But according to the clock, I wanted to leave plenty and enough time. Because I believe today that God wants you to pick up the promises again. Some of you might need to humble yourself this morning. Some of your pride may have gotten in the way of you being able to walk in what God has for you. Some of your pride may have stepped in the way and kept you from being able to speak blessing and promises because you've not determined whether or not it's worthy of your blessing. How about you just let blessing flow and let God be the decider of whatever happens in your midst? Some of you might need to humble yourself. You might need to humble yourself and say, I need God to change me and I need to pick up the promises. When I humble myself, that's when I can pick up the promises of God and I can walk in tandem with Him. And let's let's carry the promises on our shoulder. Let's take hold of the promises. Let's not expire. Let's not explore any longer. Let's experience the promise that God has for us in this day. Do you believe that? I'm going to pray for you. They're going to sing. And then if you would, can we just take some time in the presence of the Lord today and allow God to do his work because my preaching can't change you. My words aren't enough to do work in your life. My words are prayed for, planned. We seek God for whatever he would have us to say, and I believe the Lord gave me a word to speak today. But now you need to surrender to the Holy Spirit and allow God to do what he wants to do in your life. So, Father, in Jesus' name, come on, just humble yourself before the Lord right now. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, acknowledging, Father, that our need is for you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, God, you see us where we are. Some of us have wandered in the desert. We've been wandering for a period of time. But God, today I pray that, Lord, we would pick up the promises of God, that your promises are yes and amen, that we would walk, that we would walk allowing you to direct our steps and bring restoration. Do it, I pray, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, as we wait on the Lord, if you want to come to the altar this morning, I invite you to come. We're just going to go into a time of worship. Maybe you need to come just before the Lord into this place and allow God to bring healing. Our pastors and our prayer team, we're here to pray with you. But let's just, let's just enter into his presence and allow him to do that work as they lead us in this worship.